Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Ann Ukenen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word, that your word is truth, that your word is life, that you're, it's light. And, it, and, and I thank you, Lord, that it's, it's you. And so I thank you for lights just turning on in places that we didn't, that were lit, but are brighter and brighter. So I thank you, Lord, for that brightness that it shines and you're giving us ideas uh, and uh, not just ideas for now, but for ideas for that we can apply later, ideas for prayer, ideas in all areas of our life. I thank you that you're always talking and giving us good stuff and good ideas. Uh, and and it, it's in your word. And your word is practical, and we can apply it. So I thank you, Lord, that, that it continues to do so in each of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had our No Fear meetings, and, um, and I spoke at there, there and, and I've been meditating and thinking about what I spoke about even till now, and it's just been percolating on the inside as I think, and I'm like, hmm. And so we're going to go back to a bit of that. Uh, <laughs> there was lots of good stuff that day. I suggest you watch it. It was very good. All the pastors, I, I so enjoyed that, the, the no fear meetings, and I so enjoyed the prayer meetings. The, uh, not They were not prayer, but on prayer, teaching on prayer. That was so wonderful, and, and you can just go back and, and hear those, and they're so good, so good. I enjoyed it immensely. Did you enjoy it if you were there? Yeah, did you if you read the heard the recordings, did you enjoy it? It was very good. Praise the Lord. Um so I I started in a scripture um in 1 John 4:18. So let's go there. I'm going to go there. I'm going to read it. This is where I started. And 1 John 4:18. I I'm going to just read from the amplified. It says there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment, and he that feareth is not made perfect in, um, in love. And in the Amphite it says in verse 18, there is no fear in love, dread does not exist. Dread does not exist. Praise the Lord. But full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. And then it goes on to say in the Amplified, for fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached full maturity of love, is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. And so I, I want us to look at this, that fear uh, brings the fear of punishment, that you're going to get pum punished. And uh, if we're just, we can just flip over to Genesis. And we're going to look at this because I brought up, and I'm bringing up again to refresh our memories or to let you know. If we think about Adam and Eve in the garden, and they sin, and then what do they do? They go run and hide. They go run and fight. They become afraid, and they run and they hide. And they're afraid. And there's that fear and a fear of punishment, but they don't know, like they've never sinned before. 
They don't know, they don't have any, any recollection or any experience with sin until this moment. And then they just run and hide. And today I wanted to, uh, us to be thinking about our nature, our nature, what's our nature, what we're like. And so when we think about nature, we can think of an example, animals. What's their nature? You know, when you hear an animal, you know, you kind of know about it. You know some facts and things. You know what animals will be safe. You know what animals might be dangerous. But even if we think and we separate animals by domesticated and wild, even domesticated animals, there's some talk and some people that are very passionate about pit bulls and they're safe. And there's other people that are passionate that pit bulls are unsafe. And I'm not going to go into that debate, but there's, why do people feel that way? Because there's a history of something. There's a history of uh, behaving animals. There's a history of not behaving animals. But there's animals, and, and, and kids love to learn about animals, and they like to learn all about them. And so, and so they're kind of learning about what animals are, you know, that you can have as pets, and then what animals are wild that we wouldn't have in our home. And so, and so there's my cat. She was one of my cat of many cats, cars, <laughs> cats, and you know, outside cats, it just happened. So we got a lot of time to learn about death. <laughs> And, and say goodbye and get a new kitten. So, <laughs> woohoo! And so Carrie, she was a she was a hunter killer, and she would, but she wouldn't hunt and kill us. But she sure liked to bring things to us, gifts to us. And when we were living in Guilford Mews in this beautiful playground, she, uh, it, it was really nice. I, I had really good memories there. Uh, one memory is uh, Carrie finding a rabbit's nest in the uh, like a rabbit's little little bunny with all the mummy and the bunnies. And so she was so thorough, she went back there and got them all. And there are bunny bits all over the playground and kids just upset. Lots of opportunity to learn and talk about death. But, <laughs> but, her, like, but Carrie was a pet and she of course couldn't kill us. But I wonder if she was big, what would happen if she would be kind of so wanting to uh, <laughs> keep us around. <laughs> but there's other animals. There's lions and, and tigers. And we have people that sometimes, you know, would do the circus shows. And we have Siegfried and Roy that had their little tricks. But it only went to so good for a point because yeah. they, they had their accidents too with animals that they worked with their whole life. And they trained their whole life and fed their whole life but still turned on them because that was their nature. They were a wild animal. And so while it's interesting to watch and things that you can't turn your eyes away from a wild animal, and even domesticated animals, even pets can sometimes have problems too. And then there's training. So the training can help to some degrees, and it helps with some, but there's also a nature at work. What's in them to do. And so, here we have Adam and Eve, and they're in the garden. There's lots of animals in there. Their nature was peaceful. Adam named all the, all the animals. They weren't wild animals. They were, pretty, they were just who they were. They're in the garden, and everybody's enjoying the garden. Then things happened. So let's go and see when things happened. Because uh, this is familiar, I'm sure, to some of you. And uh, in Genesis and uh, 2.16... 
We're going to jump a, a little bit around here in a couple of chapters, Genesis 2 and Genesis 3. Uh, but in Genesis 2, 16 and 17, okay. And the Lord commanded man, saying, Of every tree in the garden thou may eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So they knew about that, that they should surely die, but they have known a God that was only good to them. They knew a God that they walked in the garden together. But then something happens, and they run and hide from God. A God that they know is good, a God that they've only known good from, the God that created them, they've only had good experiences with God. They've only experienced good things with him. So, but experience didn't help them out in this situation. So they're here, and in verse 25 it says, And they were both naked, and the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. They were happy. They were not ashamed. They were who they were, and it was normal. And nowadays we would say if someone was walking naked, you know, outside, we would be, oh, that's not normal. <laughs> we would be like, get that man some clothes, uh, that kind of thing. But this, at this point in time, they didn't have any concept of any of that. God was good. They're naked. They're normal. Everything's normal. But then they made a choice. There was a command and a choice not to obey. So, and in verse 3, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, uh, yea, yea, hath God said, Shall you not eat every tree of the garden? I, mm, I love, how, well, I don't love, but I'm like, hmm, the sneakiness of that, taking apart truth and corrupting it. Yea, has God said that you should not eat of every tree of the garden? The woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but of the, fr uh, of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God, hath, God said, You shall not, uh, not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And she added a little bit more about the touching piece. But we're not eating it, lest we die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Oh, you shouldn't surely die. Well, not now, but, <laughs> and not the kind of death that, they had no understanding of what death was. They didn't know what death was. Like, we, we can talk, oh, spiritual death, natural death, death in the flesh, death in this. We know a lot about death. But, you know, I knew a lot about death growing up, you know, with the animals. And, but they didn't have any concept or idea what this was or what this could be. And the serpent said unto the woman, oh, you won't die. For God knows that in that day that you'll eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open and you shall be as God, knowing good from evil. Well, what about little bits of that are true and little bits of that are lie? <laughs> yes, we'll know good from evil. 
Why do you want to know evil? Why did they want to know evil? They knew only good, only good. They knew a God that was good. They were provided for. They were unashamed. They were happy in the garden. Why do they need to know about the other thing? They didn't at all, but they wanted to know. When I'm, you know, dealing with someone at school, I got a lot of lurkers that want to know. And like, go away. This ain't your business. You don't need to know any of this. But we want to know because inquiring minds want to know the dirt. Hmm. Your eyes shall be opened. To what? It sucks now. There's things that suck. <laughs> There's war. There's things going on that just plain are horrible. And our eyes see it. But did we really need to see it? No, we didn't. And no, we won't when this is finally over. But wow, they opened up some eyes that day to not good things. And then when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree was uh, to be desired to make one wise, hmm. She took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave it unto also her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened in a wrong way. Their eyes had only known good. Their eyes had known only who God was. But then their eyes were opened to a wrong thing. Sin. And then they knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. All of a sudden, sin brought shame. They run and hide. Don't want to get caught. This happens. I, I shared, like, I had one of my students, sometimes they run and hide when they know they're in trouble. They know, or they do the, like, pretend, the hiding out in public where they're pretending that nothing is wrong. <laughs> but if they did a doozy, they run and hide sometimes. <laughs> and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, just like every day, so dependable and faithful, walking in the garden, going to go for the walk, but they can't go for the walk. And then Adam and his wife hid themselves from his, the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden, which is very impossible to do, to hide from God. But yet they hid. They ran and hid. And then they had the talking out, which I've had many times when someone's done something wrong. You've had to talk, have the talk out. Okay, what happened here? The investigation. Who did what? You, okay, your version, their version kind of find what the actual real version is and then do, deal with the situation at hand. <laughs> so God's uh, doing some investigating, although he knows. He's asking, but he knows exactly what happened. But he wants uh, some people to tell them what they think happened. And, Adam, uh, and the Lord called Ad unto Adam and said unto him, where are you? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Like, God knows us. He knows every part of us. He sees every part of us. 
He sees the good, the bad, and the ugly. He sees it all. And we don't have to share it with everyone. And <laughs> but there's these things that he sees, but they ran and hid. They were afraid, and they covered themselves. So we go from a people that are not ashamed, that are walking with God, and then sin enters, and they become ashamed, and they hide from God. They're afraid, and they're afraid of punishment, because with sin, there comes a punishment. Someone does something wrong in the class, we've got something. We have some sort of consequence. That's what we got. Children know about those consequences. And then they can tell you, oh, they should have such and such a consequence for this and that. And they know, they know all about consequences. We get to know about consequences and the things and how it, how it, how it usually typically goes when you, do, you mess up, you sin. You do the wrong thing. There's a consequence. But they were not familiar with it. So they went from one right into the other. And then it became their nature because they took it on. They ran and hid. They didn't make up a plan. Okay, if, if we mess up with this, we're going to run and hide. So if that happens, we run and hide and we make clothes for ourselves. We'll feel ashamed. No, they had no idea. It was part of their nature, their sin nature. So that's what they did because they were sinners. They're sinners. I could beat this first. We're not sinners saved by grace. I'll just put that in there. Because <laughs> if you're saved by grace, you're no longer a sinner. So, uh, but that's, uh, yeah, we're, we're moving along here. We're moving along here. And then he said, and who said that you were naked? And then, have you eaten from the tree where I commanded that you should not eat? And the man said, the woman, she gave it to me. It was her fault. I've seen this so many times that they blame nature, sin, nature. Blame the other person. It was all their fault. They did it. Oh, they took the plate. <laughs> and they broke it. <laughs> uh, praise the Lord. And so then we go down the line. It was the woman. So And then now God's saying to the woman, what have you done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me, tricked me, and said, I did, uh, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou have done this, thou art cursed. And he's talking to the serpent, the serpent here. Cursed above all the cattle, above every beast, and of every field. Upon thy belly shall thou go, and dust, shall eat, dust you will eat all the days of your life. And this is a little sticking point with the, the kindergarten, because they're like, what? so what was he like before? We only know snakes, but they are now. They go on the ground. How did he do it before? How? You know, we can imagine, but let's not get stuck there. <laughs> and so, um, so that's his punishment. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thee and thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And the Amplified, it says, I put enmity... I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. It's capitalized, talking about Jesus here. Uh, your offspring, praise the Lord. And he will bruise and uh, tread your head underfoot and you will lie in wait 
and bruises heal. And so there was talking about the cross. And so when we're talking about puni- like, you know, the punishment that Jesus got on the cross was his heal. And like, so we've got heal punishment, cross, think about that head punishment. It's not going to be nice. Not going to be nice at all. But here we have a head punishment. So the seed shall bruise his head. And so we talk about Jesus being the seed. We are also in that. We are also in that. So we're in Christ. And we're going we're gonna to talk a bit more about that. You probably might have heard that. If you haven't heard that, you can just search in Christ and find a lot of information. Good stuff. This is who we are. This is the nature we get when we say yes to Jesus. Jesus comes into our life. He lives. He lives in me, which we sang this morning. That this, the light of the world, he is the hope for the nations. He's the one. He lives inside of me. We therefore take on him. So let's go back to that again and think about this. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between thy seed and her seeds, and it shall bruise thy head. Are you doing some bruising? And I'm talking about some devil bruising. And we've all, we've had pain. We have things happen. But when we're talking about injuries, the death blow doesn't come to the heel. The death blow goes to the head, and then it's done. At our school, we're very careful with bumped heads. We, like we, you know, even if it's just a little one, we, they, we, they get examined, they do that, and we send over paper, just covering those kinds of things. Because Natasha Richardson, when she was skiing, she just bumped her head, it was okay, and then all of a sudden, bam, she was gone. Head injury. Are you bruising some heads of the devil? Because you can in him it's possible to start bruising some heads bruising his head praise the lord and so let's go to second timothy but i don't i don't know i don't know i just jesus i'll pray and in the sweet by and by when i'm dead well when i'm when my body's dead and i'm in heaven i have my earthly body then Jesus will do it. It'll be all over and he'll take care of the devil. You can bruise him now. He's, you know, no, he has no say, no right in your life. It's only what you give him. Has God said that to you? Hmm. Shut up is what you say. That's what they should have said. So uh, in second, t- oh no, I'm, I'm jumping around and so I, I was going to my, I'm just getting so excited, I'm turning to my next scriptures and then not going to second Timothy and one and seven. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. Are you us? Yes, you are us. If you are, if you are born again Christian, us, this is you. This is you. God has not given you, me, us, a spirit of fear. But what has he given us? We know this one. Power, love, and a sound mind. 
Your mind doesn't need to be playing tricks on you and tricking you up. You think clearly. You think with God's mind. His thoughts. Higher than the world's thoughts. But not unattainable because he's in you. God only knows. You know if God knows. He'll tell you what you need to know so that you can succeed, be successful, do what you need to do. He knows it all. And he won't overwhelm you. He'll just give you the pertinent details to your life. And it'll go well. It'll go well. Be, oh, and this is interesting. Let's think back to when they were not ashamed in the garden. And let's read this. Eight. Be thou therefore unashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor me, uh, me of his prisoner, but be partakers of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God. The power of God can get you through. There's affliction. And I don't think any of you had affliction like Paul had affliction yet. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe if I get sent somewhere dangerous, I might have that kind of affliction. Or maybe you won't. Maybe you'll obey God, go where you're supposed to go, do what you're supposed to do, and nothing will happen. Because you're protected. I was, you know, when, when we were listening to um, Dr. Williams talk about his testimonies about bringing Bibles to places, wow, how God protect him. Leanna sitting on Bibles, going through borders, God protecting her. Doesn't have to go the way of the martyr. It can. It can go the way of the martyr. And God is good. God is gracious. But you don't have to die. You could keep on going and doing more exploits. It's up to you. So being hung by your hair and then live to tell the tale. I, I don't know. I don't know. In China. I don't know how that <laughs> I can't imagine. Like, wouldn't it all fall out? Like, really? Like, how long could your hair last? Really? These things we can think about. We can, we can think about them. And they can be the things we walk towards, but we can think about other things. Yes, power, love, and a sound mind. God has not given us. How do we get it? We get it when we're born again. And he gives us this power, this love, and a sound mind. And, and let's now let's go to 1 Corinthians 5. The, this is who we are. We have this nature. We don't have to go by experience. Adam and Eve didn't have experience and they walked into the, they just fell right into that sin nature and everything that was there for that. Being ashamed, being afraid, be all those things. They didn't have to go to fear school. They didn't go have to go to a shame school. All of a sudden, bam, there it was. Can go the other way. Sound mind, bam, there it is. Power, bam, all those things. Love, bam, right there. Don't have to go to love school. Don't have to go to power school. Bam, it's already in you. It's great to go to school. Go, please go, go learn, go learn. But sometimes learning can make us talk ourselves out of stuff. Don't let yourself get talked out of stuff. So 1 Corinthians 5 and... Um, we're going to go to 17. 
I'm talking about 2 Corinthians. Thank you, Pastor, because I've been doing that all day, and I, cha- I didn't change my notes, because and then I was... 2 Corinthians. So if you found 1 Corinthians, it's not too bad. You just flip over a little bit more, and it's all orderly and right once you found Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 5. And this will be here where I need it. Yes. Therefore, in verse, uh, verse 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Are you a new creature? Yes, you are. You are. You are a new creature. If you are born again, you are in Christ. You are a new creature. And then it says, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We can live there. We can live in this. Like, Sickness came in my body, and I was, I was really getting good revelation about the scripture at that time. And I was, like, driving, and I'm, like, subbing. So I'm going into a sea of sickness, you know, with the flu going through the school. And, like, and so it was great for me because I got a lot of jobs. So I could say teachers, there would be, like, half the class was there and a teacher. And this wasn't COVID. So, <laughs> so there, you know, I go in, and I'm, and I'm subbing, and I'm driving home, and I'm, like, oh, no feel like I'm going to throw up right here at 176 in the left hand turning lane. And I'm like, I could just get out of my car and vomit. Oh, wouldn't that be embarrassing? Oh, you know what? Like there was a, this, it's amazing how many thoughts you can think up in such a little short period of time. I'm like, oh no, oh no, I'm going to, I'm going to throw up. And I'm like, not in my car, not in my car. <laughs> I don't want to do it in my car. And I'm like, hmm. And then, wait a second. I and I, those were the words that came up in me. Wait a second. This ought not be so. I'm a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are new. All things are of God. Wait a second. If all things are of God, how can I be sick? How can I get sick? How can this be a part of me if this is my new nature, which is a done deal? I can walk in that new nature. I don't have to be a trained lion. I am a lion, a wild one, (laughs) getting all the benefits of the wild one. Praise the Lord. (laughs) But all of a sudden, the the symptoms all departed. This is who we are, our new nature. Old things passed away. All things are new. All things are of God. And then it it keeps on going. It says, And all things of God who hath reconciled us, us to him by Jesus Christ. We don't have any lists of things we gotta do. Pastor Neil talks about the rec- like being reconciled in the books. That's not my big area. But the problem is solved. That's my area. <laughs> the stories have been said. We're all good. Everything's done. And we go on our merry way. It's reconciled. But we're good in Jesus' book. We're good in his books. We're good. We, got, we don't have to do anything. We don't have to be anything. We just have to be ourselves. 
were good in his books and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Not only that, not only are we good, we're good, we're on the good side. Everything's all tickety-boo and everything's good. We've got all our things when we just say yes. All you do is say yes. Please, Jesus, come into my heart. Reconciled, stamp, approval, done. Not only that, but you get this ministry. Oh, just the pastors. No. You have this ministry now of reconciliation. Where you go out, you tell people about Jesus, they say, yeah, hey, that sounds good. And stamp. It's, it's like the best Ponzi scheme. It's a good one because <laughs> there's something that backs it up. <laughs> you know, they keep on going and keep on getting more and keep on getting more and keep on getting more. Easy peasy. You have this ministry. And to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses, not saying, hey, I got the list. We're not good until you get the punishment from this list. Once that's all settled, then you're good. No, no. Tearing up that list, not imputing their trespasses unto them, not putting them on them. God's all about getting them away from us, getting them as far as the east is from the west from us, that far. Not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed us unto the word of reconciliation. Him, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's jump over. I like this in the Amplified. But all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony, uh, harmony with himself, and gave uh, uh, to us the ministry of reconciliation, that by word and deed, we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. It was God. And you know what the thing is, is you're a a product of this. Someone brought the ministry of reconciliation to you. And now you are bringing that to others. It's good fruit. It's the best fruit. It was God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself. What happened at the cross was a big deal. They were, he was there. It was out in the open. And not counting and holding any, holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them and committing to us the message of reconciliation to the restora- uh, to, uh, of the restoration to favor. Not only restoration like, whew, butts not singed, whew, not going, not going, going to hell. Thank you, Jesus. Favor. 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 When someone has favor in your sight, what do you do? You like them. With gifts, usually. <laughs> you like them with encouragement. You like them with gifts. You like them and you, you think about them. They have favor in your sight. When they come around, you're like, hey, what's up? I'm going to lay this aside. What do you have today? Favor. 
And we have a God who can hear all. He can be favorable to everybody. He can be favorable to you all. Praise the Lord. And then I'm in, where am I? I've got all jumped around and excited. Praise the Lord. Oh, there we are. That's why I'm on the wrong side of the page. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God making his appeal as if it were through us. Nature. Canada's ambassadors go all around the world. What's the thing about them that's the same? They're Canadians. A Canadian ambassador goes to other countries. A Chinese ambassador goes to other places. They're Chinese. The people that go that are of your of your, that you're representing, you are them. You go and you represent. But that's who you are. I'm not a, I'm not an ambassador, but if I was, I get my assignment. I take my passport that proves I am who I say I am and I go to the other country and I represent in a world that's not my world. But I'm representing Canada. You have a new passport. You have a new birth. You're a new creation. You have the identity of that. The passport that tells you who you are. This thing. God's word tells you who you are. That's who you are. Not what your family says you are. And sometimes, yes. Because there are Christians around here that are in that plight. They think they are something that they're not. And so I can train a tiger to be something that they're not. And to do little tricks. And to feed them. And wow the audiences. But it's still a tiger that can maim and hurt you. Your nature. What's your nature? We can be trainees of the fear system, or we can let it go. We can let it all go. The shame, the sin, the hurt, all of it, we can let it go. We can let it go. Let's go back here just one more time. Now we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. For he has made him to be sin for us, that punishment that we don't have to fear anymore. We don't have to run and hide. We can be standing out in the open knowing that the sin is washed clean away by the punishment that Jesus took. 
that bruising of the heel. For who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In him. In him. Let's go to Acts. Because we're, we're, we're after the cross. We live after the cross, just in case you were wondering. It's happened. We've accepted him. We live after the cross. And we don't have to go back before. We can allow it to bless us and help us see Jesus in it and help us see the story of Jesus unfold. But we don't have to live there in the law anymore. Thank you, Lord. Rules and things. We're a new creature. He's writing his laws on our heart. Then we don't have to memorize things. Don't have to memorize that phone contract that I just signed the other day. I'm like, oh, he's like, the, the guy's like, oh, you can just press accept. Fine, I will. <laughs> I don't need to read through all of this. Praise the Lord. But I, I have it. It's mine. And I get to know it and I can walk in it. In Acts 1 and verse 4 to 5, it says, and these are in, if you're reading your King James or red letters, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. This is Jesus. And he said, wait for the promise of the Father, which ye have heard of me. For John was truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. Wait. And then this is, this is so exciting because this is just right before he goes to heaven. That would have been a sight. We get to see the other one where he's coming back again. Praise the Lord. When? Let's not, let's not concern ourselves with that. <laughs> let's just keep on going. <laughs> Bless God. More and more people. And in verse 8, but you shall receive, this is Jesus speaking, you shall receive power, dynamite power, power, explosive power. You will receive power, power from on high power. Like not just like turning on the lights for electricity, but so much more power that after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem and to Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. I imagine that's here in Surrey because I haven't been to Israel or Judea. I haven't been there. But here I am in the outermost parts of the world. <laughs> did, little did they know, but he knew. He knew. He knew. And in Acts uh, 2, we go on there. So they did what he said. We see what Adam and Eve wrought. Not, they heard the commandment. They disobeyed. Problems. But how much more? Obedience. Obedience brought the Holy Spirit. Obedience brought it. Because they were waiting there. They were waiting there. How much longer? How much longer, God, waiting? I'm looking at my clock. I, got, I just got to go and do this thing, but I'll, I'll wait here for a little bit longer. Not that kind of waiting. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Not in one accord 
oh, we got to go soon. This is taking too long. No, one accord in seeking him. And suddenly there came a sound from the heaven as a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the, all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cl- like cloven tongues like fire of, as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. I wonder, I wonder if they were looking and going, hey, look at that. <laughs> Whoa, that's different. <laughs> oh, did you think this is what? What's going on here? You know what? When God moves, you look and you're like, wow, huh. But this is our new nature, who we are, and we shouldn't have to expect that there's going to be supernatural because that's what there is. With him, there's supernatural. With him, there's dynamite power. With him, there's all these things. And we look surprised sometimes. But I think it's because we're not living in that as fully as we could be. Where the things, his, his power is not a surprise anymore to us, but it's expected as part of who we are in him. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men of every nation under heaven, and they heard this noise abroad. It got noisy. Things started to happen. The Holy Spirit came. They're speaking in other tongues. People are like, what is this? What's going on? They're speaking in different languages, but hey, these guys are not from my town, but they're speaking in my language. What were they all saying? They were talking about the wonders in the kingdoms of God, kingdom of God. All of them were talking this to the pe- for the people to hear. But they didn't go to classes to learn how you operate in the Holy Spirit and what it looks like, and they don't know. Oh, they ha- you know what? We haven't heard about the fruit of the Spirit yet. How could this happen? How could this happen? We have to learn about those things before we operate in them. No. His nature, our nature. They didn't go to school for a bunch of people to be added that day. Oh, but maybe if I know more, then I can witness to that person. They're really smart. I don't know a lot. I didn't go, they went to university. I didn't, I didn't finish high school. Don't think I can talk to them. Nope. If they don't have that new nature in them, They need that new nature. And you are the one to pour it in, to give it in. I mean, and I mean not pouring like, oh, like, you know, water torture. I'm talking about, (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking about it being easy if you hear from him. And it's easy to hear from him because you're in him. It's very easy to hear when we're in him. And so they go out, they didn't go, they didn't get the education about the holy, the, the gifts of, the, of the, the fruit of the Spirit. Now, pear trees did not go to pear school. 
apple trees, you know, you have to get taught how to grow fruit. Then you can grow the fruit. Even when I'm teaching, which is like obviously absurd that, you know, we need to, te- to have the, the orchard and have someone tell them what to do. Okay, okay, this is how you grow pear. Pear, I'm growing pear. The, the teacher told me if I do this, pear, pear, pear. But at school, I can't just teach them and they learned it. Okay, done, check. It's all learned, I taught it. No, they have to go do it. They go do it. And sometimes things don't go right, but I'm there. Let's try it this way again. Or wait, why don't you just give it another try? Race that, just try again. Or here, let me put my hand over your hand and just help you trace that. And I'm not thinking, they should know this by now. How come they don't do it? Well, you know. Bless Jesus, sometimes I've told them and I've told them and I've told them. Patience is in me. All the fruit of the Spirit's in me. It's in me already. But I need to grow this. I need to grow in love. I need to do this. I need to do that to get so that I can grow in love. No. The pear tree doesn't get all its things together so it can grow a pear. It just grows, and it comes out, and it's there. It's the nature. The nature of the pear tree, the nature of you, is to grow that fruit. It grows because it just does. And we have this, I have this coloring sheet that I give to the kids to do, and it's the fruit of the Spirit. They love it because it helps them with reading and stuff, and, and some of them really like to write out the words, and they're Praise the Lord. <laughs> they're reading out the fruit of the Spirit, and they're singing the songs, and they've got the fruit. There's this tree, and it's got different kinds of fruit, and the words all in it. And I'm like, the last thing you see is a tree with a lemon on it, a pear on it, an apple on it, a banana on it, all this different kind of fruit, all separate on one tree. The fruit of the Spirit is fruit, one fruit, and you got it. And it's growing in you. And just allow it to. We don't have to think going to school is great. Learning more is awesome. But don't let learning more talk you out of the fact that that nature is already there in you. It's there. And we're going to minister to people reconciliation with God. With God. And this is a good thing. And it's an easy thing because we have his nature. Let's, let's, I'll pray. We don't have to go to training, although it's good, because there's lots of things to learn. We go at your, it's, it's good to know about these things. I asked one of my students about why he was baptized, and he said, this was, it's kindergarten, it's, it's later. So, so because I signed up. And so, <laughs> so <laughs> I sure hope you know more than that <laughs> when you're getting water baptized. And I'm sure Pastor Jason will make sure that you know it's not just because you signed up. <laughs> we need to know these things. And he'll know it later. Because the truth is he's still got the nature on the inside of him. 
Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, that decision. The decision you made when you said yes. The decision you made when you said yes. The decision that you made when you said yes. It changed everything. It changed everything. You're not the same person that you were before. You're different. You're in him. You're in Jesus Christ. That same power is on the inside of you. Oh, hallelujah. To raise the dead like it's no big deal. To pray for the sick. It's no big deal. To bruise the head of the snake. No big deal because he's in you. It's easy. It's in your nature. You go, ooh, I stepped on that snake. I didn't even know it. Your nature, your nature is of him. And it's easy. We don't have to go to school. It's in you already. Oh, I thank you, Lord, for that power that you placed on the inside of us. I thank you, Father, that you're working in and through us. I thank you, Lord, that we see with new eyes. We're not that old person anymore. We're a new creature in you, in Christ Jesus. That new creature knows what to do. It knows where to go. It knows how to bear fruit. Oh, I thank you, Lord. We know how to bear fruit. We know how to bear fruit. Let's say that I know how to bear fruit. I know how to bear love. I know how to bear, bear joy. I know how to bear peace. I know, how I, I know how to grow patience. All those aspects of your fruit, that it's complete, that there's nothing missing, nothing broken, that it's all there in us. And I thank you, Lord, for those, the, the words of the world and, and, and family members that are trying to talk you out of it. They are silenced now in the name of Jesus. We step on those voices. We step on those voices, give them a death blow, a knockout punch, and they're not allowed to talk anymore to your people. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that we hear your voice. Oh, that we know what to do. That we bring that ministry of reconciliation to others. And that it's not hard. And we don't need to know everything. We just need to know you. I thank you, Father, that that power is there. And I thank you, Lord, that it's no longer silent, no longer ashamed, but bold. Bold like lions. Bold as we rise up and tell people in Surrey, tell people over the phone, tell people across the country and the nations as we tell them about you. And I thank you, Lord, that your presence is there, that your power is there, that we don't have to be shocked that your power shows up, but we walk in it daily, walk in it hourly, walk in it because it's who we are. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that you're working in the people's hearts, working in their mind, 
thinking bigger, thinking bigger, thinking bigger. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.